week's church polity. I can see we have a low attendance for this today. <laughs> um, but hopefully we can make it uh, worth your while and um, go through this. So let me uh, open this up in a word of prayer and uh, we'll get started. Uh, we do have to stop at 1035. So, Father, thank you for this opportunity to gather together. Um, thank you that we can um, think about your word, your church, all that you've done for us and use us to your glory and work in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. So um, last week, or last session, so two weeks ago, uh, Brandon talked about this book, The Lord's Service. So I'd highly recommend reading it if you haven't. If it's been a while since you read it, pull it out and look at it again because there's really good stuff. So in November, I had the opportunity to meet with Jeff Myers out in St. Louis and have lunch with him. And if you don't know, Jeff Myers is in the... the uh, PCA, uh, Presbyterian Church of America, and he's in the Missouri um, uh, Presbytery there at St. Louis. And, you know, he contributed to Greg Strawbridge's book on Pedo Communion and knows, you know, knows some of us. And it was the first time I had met him, but um, he was, he said, Kevin, you should be glad that you in this situation where Greg died like that and that you are in the CREC not the PCA, <laughs> because he explained that there's a lot of, um, a, a committee would be formed, you know, kind of automatically, and then there would be, in that presbytery, and then there would be movement to fill the pulpit, and he said, you should just be thankful that the CREC has a different polity than the PCA. <laughs> so, um, that was uh, interesting um, in that, um, it's an interesting connection in that um, here's a guy that's, you know, wrote this book on um, covenant renewal worship that was our first session that Brandon went over, but then kind of connecting it to polity. So I thought that would be a good, you know, lead in to go from <laughs> uh, last session to this session. And my goal is not to like sit here and say the PCA is this, the OPC is that, blah, 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 we're this and that. What I would like to do is do some background, uh, fundamental information um, that leads up to our church polity, to CREC polity. And um, those that remember last year, uh, I don't remember if it was April or whatever, I preached a sermon on Exodus 18. And um, Exodus 18 is always a, a great example uh, for showing um, the division um, of labor, if you will, in ministry. And if, just to refresh your memories, um, that's the case where Moses and the children of Israel came from um, Egypt and God provided a lot for everybody through um, that event, and then he they met up with his father-in-law Jethro, and they reaccounted all that God done for them, and then they did a worship service, and that worship service um, was then complete, and then the next morning Moses got up and did all that he normally did, 
and that was from the sun up to sundown, he listened to Israel's problems. They brought issues to him, and Jethro came to him and said, hey, Moses, this is not good. Um, what you're doing, you need to come up with a better way, you know, and, it, and divide out uh, Israel into groups and have uh, leaders over them and then they bring, you know, the worst cases up to you. So that, that's a historic, uh, in Reformation theology, we always kind of point back to that situation where uh, this teaching where God, you know, through Jethro gave um, this discussion about breaking things up and then and then dividing the people out and and you know it's, it's sort of a a lot of people will point to that as self-governance you know that we as individuals can self-govern according to God's law and I'm going to fill that in don't don't hear what I'm not saying that's a Casey <laughs> Casey likes to say that but um um, I'll fill that in as we go, but then in the fall, for those who sat through um, the sessions I did on government, um, I started out with, I have a little bit of a outline here, I started out with the threefold office of Christ, you know, Christ as the prophet, priest, and king, and how that plays into self-government in that um, Christ as the prophet, um, he's the one that brought the word of God through um, his ministry. And those who have been listening to the gospel readings so far this January, there's been a really big emphasis on that for this year in the lectionary on um, the Holy Spirit, the triune God and the Holy Spirit coming on Jesus. And um, with John the Baptist, and then um, the, the last three weeks were all that, those kinds of things, emphasizing that. And then that's a glorious picture for ultimately when Christ is um, crucified and buried and resurrected and then ascends back into heaven, we know that we have that element of the triune God with us, the church. We have the Holy Spirit with us, an individual Holy Spirit that is with us as whatever we're doing, as whatever we're working on, and whatever as the body of Christ or individually, it, it, there's that um, continuity there. And then the other emphasis with the threefold office of Christ is that the priest, he is continually on the right side of God pleading for us pointing to God the Father that he died for us that one time and that our sins are covered by that and is in intercession for us. And he's the king, so um, they, um, he's the king of all, so he's the king of all governments here on earth. And if anybody who missed that wants those, I don't think we have recordings of it, but um, I do have outlines of that if anybody wants to look at that, the slides and, and of those that weren't here, or if you were here, if you want that. But this concept of the Holy Spirit through Christ, the triune God through Christ, the Spirit, the Father, this leads to uh, us, the church, having the Holy, 
the Holy Spirit with us. And I want to read this passage from 2 Timothy uh, 1, chapter 1, 7 through 14. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share with me in the sufferings for the gospel according to the power of God who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began, but has now been revealed by the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who has abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel, to which I was appointed a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher of the Gentiles. For this reason, I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, am I not ashamed? For I know whom I have believed and whom I am persuaded that he is able to keep what I have committed to him till that day. Hold fast the pattern of sound words which you have heard from me in faith and love which are in Christ Jesus. That good thing which was committed to you, keep by the Holy Spirit who dwells in us. So this aspect of the Holy Spirit being with us is very, very critical to us being free men that are governing, we self-governed by Scripture, um, by um, living the law of God as part of our um, covenant with God. We have the law of God to show us how to live. And as we are sanctified and strive to um, live according to the law in the grace of God, we have that opportunity, that, that process, that uh, sanctification process on an individual basis but as we saw in Exodus 18, we can see in the New Testament that we also have that same sort of parallel where we, we're coming to God on a covenant renewal basis on every Sunday morning and worshiping him and um, confessing our sins and renewing that covenant. And as Moses then the next day was working with Israel, we as New Testament church, New Testament Christians have our um, church government to be part of that process, to be part of that sanctification process for the body of Christ as we're gathered together um, on in um, through life as we work together, um, uh, progressing through sanctification and the the life. So. This is um, Matthew 3, 13 through 17. Um, it's that simple uh, vision, that picture we can have of Jesus being baptized and the Spirit coming down. This was, um, we had read this uh, earlier here in January in the Gospel reading. Um, just this concept of the importance of the Spirit. And I may be belaboring this, but I want to really emphasize this and, and bring this home that um, the church, we have all this. And then, so we have the grace and then the law. Uh, I have a quote here um, 
from uh, Gustav Uller, and it's basically, I'll read it out, I'll read it to you. The compass of the people's obligations, the revelation of God's commanding will is the law. Be ye holy, for I am holy. Um, in Leviticus, we see that. Sanctify yourselves and be holy, for I am Jehovah, your God. Man should be guided by God's law and not be guided by the imaginations of his heart and the lusts of his eyes. So that last bullet point, I think, is really important for us as um, we have, um, you know, a spectrum of ages here. But I would really emphasize to all of us, especially the young people, that, hey, God's law is important and um, we like to imagine things and uh, life is short. Uh, but don't think you can like come back to God's law later in life. Just you know, really look at God's law and consider God's law and live your life according to that, not according to your imagination or your, your own lust. So um, when we get specific to uh, the church polities, I'm going to kind of transition now from some of those general concepts Another general concept here that's going to like get us closer is the authority of Scripture. We have the divine warrant of Scripture um, that we know in, in Scripture that we're, we should be uh, following God's word. Um, and then also we know in um, the New Testament we bring out eldership and deaconship and then the councils of churches. So... These are some more building blocks. Um, in my study for this, um, kind of connecting um, Exodus 18 to the New Testament, um, there was a lot of, there's different theologians that talk a lot about how Israel incorporated that concept of breaking the um, population of Israel into groups under individuals, and even the priests were broken into groups with elders, um, those who were kind of assigned the, the, the point to uh, shepherd and lead those groups. So that's uh, another that's an interesting um, concept that's out there that there's uh, things written on that. So um, now diving straight into CREC polity, um, in the authority, in Article 1 of uh, the CRC documents, governing documents, there's scriptures are always the ultimate and inherent court of appeal. So there's a, a number of texts there, a number of places to look that up. I think that we're all, you know, have heard them, and but there are, there's an opportunity there to look at them if you desire to. Um, and then as for God, his way is perfect, and the word of the Lord is proven. He is a shield to all who trust in him. So it's his word is really what we need to look to with regard to um, all that we do. And that's how the, the documents start out, that the, we have the authority of scripture. And um, then the offices are laid out um, that... We will have elders. Uh, each congregation will be committed to a plurality of elders, um, and that's in um, various uh, places in the New Testament. So uh, listed here. Um, 
we also have um, the deacons. You know, it's laid out that we'll have multiple deacons where it's possible to um, um, guide and lead the church. So we have the, when our elders, we have the, um, the teaching elders, the pastor, and then we have um, inspection, the elders for shepherding and inspection um, is a term that um, is a good one to use. I tend to like that one, but uh, <laughs> that's a certain aspect of, of being an elder to perceive what is going on So um, around us with the individuals. So that's uh, the plurality um, of leadership. And then the, the deacons are handling more uh, specific uh, logistical things growing into more than that, but um, not limiting, but definitely that's a focus for the deacons. And then, um, so these offices, um, it talks about the elders being appointed and you know the goal is to be praying for the church and leading and um, the script, uh, this Acts 14.23 is a good um, description of it. Uh, of the roles of, of the elder. And um, then likewise, you know, another a long discussion here, First Timothy chapter 3, um, 8 through 13 on the deacons and, and what they're doing. So likewise, I'll read it out loud. Likewise, deacons must be reverent, not double-tongued, not given to much wine, not greedy for money, holding the mystery of the faith with a pure conscience, but let the, these also first be tested let them serve as deacons being found blameless. Likewise, their wives must be reverent, not slanderers, temperate, faithful in all things. Let deacons be the husbands of one wife, ruling their children in their own house as well. For those who have served well as deacons obtain for themselves a good standing and great boldness in the faith, which is in Jesus, Christ Jesus. So um, these fundamentals, which I'm sure that most of us here you know, can state these, but I just want to hash through them again. Um, so then from there, um, this is a key concept. And when I talk about this, I've talked about it in the past, but basically um, in the CREC documents, we talk about the local congregation is prime in the structure of biblical church government. Um, and in that statement about not um, denying the blessings and obligations of uh, the broader church. So um, in the past, I, I like to use the term central versus decentralized churches polity. So CREC is decentralized. And, and this statement here in Article 3 is definitely you know, where that concept comes from, that um, the, the authority of, of the church is, is, of the local session is very, very important to um, the CREC and it's the coming together in the presbytery and um, in, in church council and in, in, at this time it's every three years. So the, um, the other item that would be um, beneficial to, to talk about at this point is we have the centralized versus decentralized. Um, and in what we've lived through in the last year with Greg dying, 
um, and my example I gave with Jeff Myers in the PCA, the, um, in the PCA, their structure is a little bit more centralized in that commissions, you know, a, a, a committee came together automatically, so to speak, and then a, a pastor, you know, that process of finding a pastor was sort of not completely, but to a point outside of the local congregation where um, for us, you know, it definitely came right on to us, the session here at All Saints. So that's certainly um, a different, a difference that, that should be uh, mentioned. Um, so the broader assemblies, I, I had mentioned them. There's the Presbytery. We currently are in um, the Augustine Presbytery, but we're due to the size of it within the CREC. It is the last uh, Presbytery meeting. We started a provisional uh, Presbytery for basically north of the Mason-Dixon line, uh, the Bootser that we All Saints is in, and then the, the church is up there. So we're in that process of, um, with church growth, that we're splitting um, the um, Presbytery. So that's, um, that Presbytery is critical. And earlier on in this, this a couple slides previous, I had mentioned the um, emphasis of the local session is the most is, is, is an important aspect of the church and however the the presbytery and council are important and i would say that in that process when uh we went through over the last year with greg dying we the session here at all saints could really rely on interpersonal relationships with um, other pastors in our presbytery that we've had relationships with to seek advice and counsel. And I know that um, the presiding minister, that the function, the presbytery operates in the way of a presiding minister. One of the pastors within the presbytery then is the leader, uh, so to speak, of uh, shepherding the presbytery. And um, being there available for those kinds of needs, if there's counseling needs or whatever. I know that um, the pastors will talk to presiding minister when issues come up within their church, So, um, and they would seek counsel from other ministers. They tend to go to the presiding minister or others that they know, and that's a, a benefit of um, the division uh, into a presbytery. Um, the council meeting, I wanted to go back on that slide. The council meeting is every three years, and that's when all the churches come together. Um, the, the last one was in 2021. Um, it got pushed back because the host, the venue where the event was going to be, wouldn't allow it for COVID because it was at a conference center. And then, they, so it got pushed back a year now. The next one's going to be in 2023. Um, out in uh, Moscow, Idaho. Um, so, and that's a good opportunity to interact outside of our presbytery with others within the presbytery. So it's a, a more form of um, interpersonal relationships uh, between leadership, elderships, and pastors. Um, so All Saints 
Constitution, our Constitution, if you haven't read it, you should definitely pull it out if you haven't read it for a while. Take a look at it. Um, the, um, hopefully everybody read it recently since we did the amendment to it, but um, the, you know, elders, deacons, kind of mirrorings, CREC, and um, we have the whole concept of um, how candidates, you know, we bring candidates into the offices um, and, you know, scriptural backing for that. And um, this passage is important. I know it floated around a bit. I showed it in the fall, um, not putting it out there and, and it, to be quite frankly, to be in, to be in leadership and to be an elder, it's, um, I'm gonna connect this to every household here shortly, but we all need to follow the um, example of Christ and that is the um, self-sacrificial leader, the self um, putting you know, ego and those kinds of things to the side and following you know, the documents, the scriptures, documents, et cetera, and leading the church. And um, this really came out um, over the you know, last few months and I, I really put it out there. Obey those who rule over you and be submissive. I know it's pretty heavy language, but for they watch out for your souls as those who must give account. Let them do so with joy and not with grief for that would be unprofitable for you. And I think um, our society, I have an example, and please humor me on this example. Um, I have a friend that has season tickets to the Hershey Bears. So I've gotten to go a few times with him. And I don't know if anybody follows hockey, but the Hershey Bears are the second tier of professional hockey. And currently right now they have like the most points in the American Hockey League. So they're, of all 32 teams, they're on the top. And if you go to a Bears game, if you go to the next home game or one, you know, last week or whatever, and you sit among all these season ticket holders, they all are crying and complaining about how the, the Bears are not good enough. And I'm like kind of taken back because they're on, you know, they're at the top of the league. And I'm like, what, what are they, what's their deal here? And I just think that's a, a a feeling from society. That's just like the way of society to like, at least our society, to cry and bellyache about things that aren't there. So I would just like caution everybody about with church leadership, are you like, do you really have like, if you have issues with church leadership, we're always open to talk about it. Don't, please don't cry and bellyache about it. <laughs> just come to us and talk about it and um, formulate um, things, but just be cautious with the way of the world and um, um, just be cautious of that. Um, and then um, this is a, 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 phrase, a, a paragraph I used before. It's from Dr. Hodge, a Presbyterian from the 1800s. And it's really just emphasizing that, that passage I just read about the Holy Ghost is the church power, is the power of the church and um, our triune God. And that we're all you know, growing and, and being sanctified through that and in uh, being led uh, by that. So um, the, what I wanted to come into here at the end was the household membership. And 
in, all, in our All Saints Constitution, this is a statement from there about the household membership. And that really is important to um, the, the building blocks of the church and it's self-governed men, you know, as, self, as men, we need to lead our, our homes and be self-governed and learn leadership through, uh, bring, you know, uh, ruling in a self-sacrificial way our leadership, our homes, and um, that is really critical. So for the younger men here, I just really, and all men, I just continue to emphasize, you know, that this is important for you and your household to lead your household in um, the way of the Lord and um, um, continue to show, you know, self-sacrificial example, following our Lord and Savior and relying on the Holy Spirit. And as I've talked about the Holy Spirit here a lot, there's there's a couple aspects of the Holy Spirit that I think are important and maybe we can do some teaching on this, but we have the gift that we have gifts that God provides for us and um, from the Holy Spirit. And then we have living in the spirit. So as we follow God and are in a self-sacrificial and look to the law of God and live in such a way that we're, you know, in prayer and we're, we're constantly looking to the Holy Spirit, um, that is very important to the whole health of the church. You know, every single household here, we need, you know, men, we need you guys to study. We need you to be in prayer and leading your household. And women, you know, need to uh, submit to that and encourage that and bring that out um, in their men, you know, continue to provide that. And really it's this, this concept of the Holy Spirit I've been belaboring and want to just emphasize more that we are all connected in, our, in the body of Christ and we have the Holy Spirit um, that is really connecting us. And for example, I'm going to use Ben as a, a kind of a example here. Many of you may not know this, but um, Ben and I have a lot in common. He, he grew up in Stony Creek Valley in Dolphin County. I grew up on the other side of Second Mountain in Fishing Creek Valley. So, you know, we're, we're sons of Appalachian, redneck hillbillies. More than that, our fathers worked together at the same place. They're machinist machine builders. So. And, and you can see the commonness in this, we both drive Ford Ranger pickups, so we have a lot in common, but in reality, it's, it's the Holy Spirit that, that brings us. God brings us, and through the Holy Spirit being with us now, as we look at things, we have that. So that's our, our commonality of um, uh, the... Um, moment, you know, being in the, I see that I'm being, I'm running over time already, and there's this harsh, <laughs> we have this harsh time limit <laughs> to start church on time, but that's um, really what I wanted to do in the little bit of time I had. I would, you know, I love to talk about this. I love this kind of stuff, so if anybody wants to talk more about this, just, you know, flag me down, uh, invite me over. I'll invite you over if I know you want to talk more about it. Um, and we can go from there. So um, the, you know, just the highlights of the polity. Scripture is ultimate. Local congregation is prime. Plurality of elders, plurality of deacons, 
household membership, Presbyteries, church council, all the distinctives of the CREC. So I am going to uh, dismiss us with a prayer and then we'll go forward So to church. May the Lord make you an increase and abound in love to one another and to all, just as we, we do to you so that he may establish your hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all saints. Amen. Amen. <laughs>